Episode 159 of the Green and Gold Rugby Podcast, brought to you by the National Rugby Competition. I'm Rugby Reg, and we've got a great show ahead of you tonight. It's obviously haven't had any Wallaby duties for a couple of weeks, but we'll talk about the Wallaby Test later with some of our guests. But first and foremost, we've got a, another special guest for you. He's a former Wallaby, he's a former Red, but we want to speak first and foremost about the NRC. It is the Brisbane City head coach, Nick Styles. How are you going, Stylesy? Very good, Reg. Uh, very honoured to be on the show. Disappointed it takes in, what, 159 episodes. But anyway, let's make it a good one. Mate, we had to wait till you proved yourself, and finally you're doing that with Brisbane City, so we're, we're thrilled to have you here, mate. Oh, touche. <laughs> mate, let's jump into it. Brisbane City, head coach. How have you enjoyed that, that head coach role? Yeah, really good. Like, uh, you know, I've said uh, quite a bit through this tournament that, you know, it's been, the NRC's been about providing opportunity. Uh, you know, you automatically just think about players, you know, getting players from club land uh, up in the professional setup and giving them a go. It also gives uh, opportunity to, you know, assistant coaches like myself to to have a crack at uh, the head coach role and, and uh, take that on. I've really enjoyed that. And it's a bit of a challenge, isn't it? I mean, it's a unique situation in terms of you you pretty much got your squad pretty late in the piece, maybe a week or two before the season start, and obviously a lot of guys who, who may not have even met each other. How do you approach that from a, from a coaching perspective? What do you, how do you approach your, your, your season? Yeah, it was uh, it was very rushed uh, prep. You know, we had uh, you know it was a good thing, but we had a, a lot of people play in that grand final between Sunnybank and University, and that was on the Sunday. And then we uh, we had the first game against the Sydney Stars on the Thursday. So effectively, we had a you know four day prep with the full squad, um, and we did things leading up into that you know sort of knowledge work. But in terms of having a proper hit out, it was. Uh, was a bit difficult, but that was good. That major, major really think about what was uh, the essentials. I suppose with rugby, sometimes you get carried away with the amount of time you have uh, throughout the whole week to prepare a team, and you can, you know, you go into a lot of detail. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, short prep uh, covered the basics, and, and we've started the season pretty well with three wins from four games. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk about that in a second. The, the other question is is around one of the obviously selling points or the unique pits points about the NRC are the, the new rules and trials and the different interpretations. Does that change the way you, you prepare for a game? Are there different focuses or in the end is it just rugby and you, you focus on the same that you would in a traditional yeah. game of rugby? Yeah, yeah in, you know, um, I think there's been some good good variations in the laws. Um, you know, I, I personally like, I suppose, being a, the forwards coach, I personally like the rule with uh, the line-out, the opposition. Uh, doesn't contest the ball and, it, and you know the line out throw is not straight. That it's play. I'm not, you know I think rugby should be about um, rewarding positive effort in terms of you know if the defence is good enough to get up in the right spot and the ball's not straight. Well, fair enough. It's it's not straight. We have a scrum, but why reward a team for not even trying effectively? And that's what happens with a crooked throw and the line out. So so I think that's been good. Uh, more more value in total for a try has been good. It's a shame that you know maybe we didn't go to six points for the try mm. and two for the conversion. I think um, you know eight points in total is good for tries, but you know have we got the balance around the right way? I'm not sure, but that's definitely encouraged uh, teams to you know shun the you know shun the uh, shots at goal from penalty kicks, which is fantastic, I reckon, because we just waste we really waste too much time. With rugby, with reset scrums, shots at goal, um, so you know, I think it's been good, encouraged, uh, positive play. Yeah, one of the one of the criticisms, I guess, some people have brought up or, or feared about the NRC and these new rules, as it would it would take away from the physicality or the you know the, the traditional forward play. Have you seen that at all? 
from your perspective? Well, I, I reckon at the start, no, I don't know whether it was, uh, you know, our game was the first game. It was a, you know, very free-flowing yeah. uh, game. You know, it's sort of defence is something that does take time to get your systems in place. So I think that first game, uh, you know, the, the defence wasn't that great. There were a lot of line breaks, a lot of tries scored, and it really set the tone for the NRC. Um, and probably everyone, you know, you got you get a bit carried away with trying to score tries the whole time. I think there's been a little bit of a balance um, back towards, you know, the defence over time, and, and you're seeing tighter games in play. Like, you know, Queensland country especially, they've had, uh, you know, score lines re- represent uh, very tight contests, and, and we're still with an element of attacking rugby. So I think that's probably where the comp will eventually level out at. Yeah, sure. Now let's let's talk about Brisbane City season so far, and you're, I think you're sitting on three from four. Uh, let's let's talk about the, the big one there. The one that stands out is that game versus the Rising. What happened there, mate? Is, were they just one of those days where everything clicked and, and not so for you guys? It was a remarkable game to watch. Yeah, it was. Um, uh, you know, they have 80 points put on us. Uh, it was very disappointing. It was, uh, you know, a weird game itself. You, you know, if you reflect back on that game, the first half, yeah. we actually did a lot of things that we're very happy with it, with our attack. Um you know, we were right in the game. There was, uh, you know, we, we went into half time having been just held up over the try line. Um, so we went close to scoring a try. And I think if we'd scored then, we would have only been a point or two down at half time. And then you come out straight from half time, and and uh, big Chris Kuridrani was attacking down that right hand side and and just put a foot in touch, but you know, throwing the ball in, we scored. So if he doesn't doesn't go into touch and we score two tries either side of halfway half time and it becomes a really tight contest but you know we didn't get those tries uh then we tried to chase the scoreboard willie got sin bin uh we'd make turnovers and the rebels had picked them up and, and run 60 points so it was uh it was a real lesson for us uh i think it, that game itself ball in play was uh over 40 minutes mm. now normally normally in super rugby you're down to the bottom end of 30 minutes so you know it was one of those things that we we weren't holding onto the ball the ball was in play a lot of times and and uh the rebels just really uh converted any opportunity they got and unfortunately scoreline blew way out now have you uh <laughs> you had a nice little chat to steve walsh walking off at half time <laughs> in that game have you caught up with Steve yet? Is there everything sorted now? Your, your mates again? Or? I haven't. So Steve's um, <laughs> I think Steve uh, Steve's been around rugby for a long time. We, we He used to actually uh, be in South Africa a lot of the times when the Reds were touring when I, I played. So, you know, I, I know St- Steve really well. Um, you know, I haven't spoken to him and, and I know through speaking to Scott Young and um, that made everything. Steve was water off a duck's back with him a lot of things. I think mean, he's had a lot more uh, controversies in his career than to worry about what a, a silly old pop uh, <laughs> chats about. But no, I was you know disappointed. One of the rules, uh, you know, I, want, I do pride myself on on knowing the laws of the game very well. And um, and there was a mistake made by the officiating crew uh, in that situation, and it, you know it had a you know effect on the game in that end of the first half. But anyway, onwards and upwards. Onwards and upwards, mate. Yeah. So, but the rest of the season, Brisbane, you, you're happy with where you stand at the moment, putting aside that rising performance. Yeah, definitely. I, I was actually, you know, you don't, you definitely don't want losses like that. But you know, this competition is all about seeing the players in. In different circumstances, you know, when, when, when you know we started the year off, season off with two from two, you know, really good away win against uh, against Perth Spirit mm. with uh, with our rookies playing. So you know, everything was was rolling along smoothly, and I reckon for that next game against Melbourne, you know, uh, uh, who was back? Will Genie was back, uh, Jake Schatz was back, Liam Gill was back, and I just probably felt there's a little bit of uh, a sense of oh, we've got these. Super Rugby players back in with two from two, we're just going to turn up and win. So I was really pleased to see how guys responded to that disappointing loss and, and uh, under a bit of adversity and a bit of pressure to see how they handled that. And we came out and played against New South Wales country and down in Lismore and away game and, and the guys responded you know, really well and put in a good performance that they were proud of. And, and hopefully for us as a group that that's... Uh, 
sets us up to finish this second half of the comp really well. It must be a great experience, Nick. Yeah, to obviously you're travelling as a professional during the Super, Super Rugby season to get off and play at some of those grounds like Lismore, XO, all there, where you're, you know, bring some of the Super Rugby guys who are again are experienced travellers, but also some of the rookies coming to the club. It, it, a bit of that old school rugby feel about it, doesn't it? In terms of internal control. Yeah, and that, that's one of the great things about this comp as well. It's sort of, you know, it's all about grassroots rugby. Um, you know, not only do we want to take players from club clubland up to professionalism and let give them a taste of professionalism, we also want to take some of the some of our super rugby players who don't get to play much or any club rugby at all back down to. You know, be closer to the club land where you're, you're not getting treated to five-star hotels. You're, you're travelling on the day of the game. You're getting bus trips, and that, and that was the pleasing thing about that Lismore game. Mm. Is that we we uh, we bussed it down there the day before the game. Uh, we played the game, and it was really good. Samu Kurevi's uh, relatives live down in, in Lismore, so the CGM community uh, uh, put on a good feed for us post-match at the Lismore. Uh, Lismore uh, Juniors Club there, and they, you know, it was a cold night. They had the 44-gallon drums going with the <laughs> fire and, and big feed, and, and and you know, told a few stories, and we hopped in the bus and had the three-hour bus trip back, and, and Nick Frisbee was uh, on the microphone holding court. So it was just, oh, it was just right. good, you know. It's just, you know, just to just to keep that bit of amateurism. In the game, it's still there. At the end of the day, you want to play rugby to enjoy it. Yeah. And I, I reckon, I reckon at times that. You know, through you know the intensity of what Super Rugby is, international rugby is, you can you can as a player especially you can lose that enjoyment. So this comp's been great for us to just say let's enjoy it, let's you know train hard, you know improve as individuals, improve as a team, but let's still enjoy this thing. Yeah, that's great to hear, Styles. You know, talk about enjoyment this Sunday afternoon. It's back to Ballymore afternoon footy again where Brisbane City take on Queensland country. And I reckon this is a game that's been circled in a few calendars since the draw got released early in the year. You're looking forward to this one? It's the old you know, d- domestic derby, local derby? Yeah, it is. The derby is nothing like a derby game. I know, uh, you know, while everything we do, is, you know, we're lucky we've got the two teams that are controlled by... You know the Reds' uh, professional rugby program effectively, and you know while everything we do is about making the Reds better for next year, is nothing like bragging, right? So uh, both uh, Mino and myself, I'm sure, went straight to that uh, local derby, and it was positioned halfway through the year, so we had good time, you know, good amount of time to prepare the teams, and uh, you know, really looking forward to this one uh, on, on numerous fronts. So how, how do you work it? Obviously, traditionally through the season, you and Steve Meehan are in the same office. Have you put dividers down the middle of the office or anything like that, mate? Or no, you no. You, you see, I'm a very open plan over there in the uh, pro rugby department. Uh, I'm in the corner, so I just keep my head head down when I walk past his desk and and uh, don't let him think I'm spying on any of, his, uh, any of the stuff on his computer screen. But uh, no, no, it's been, it's been good. It'll be oh. good. Good work for us. And, and a great initiative too from Queen and rugby they've introduced the Andy Purcell trophy um, which will be played for this weekend Andy being a uh, sort of a, I think he's one of the QIU's life members he's very prominent in Queensland country particularly on the Downs region so adds another bit of level of uh, something to play for but also you know maintains that tradition in the game uh, more than just a NRC matchup it's a it's a it's a great uh, I guess initiative from Queensland rugby yeah, it is. You've seen now with uh, you know the Queensland New South Wales games being you know, Bob Templeton Trophy. There's uh, you know both teams when they play for that, they you know, want to win the win the game. But the you know winning that trophy is very important, and I think it's been fantastic to recognise the the work that Andy's done. You know, you talk about grassroots, and it's all about supporters and guys, you know, people. So that gets you know donate so much of their time into to make the game better and Andy definitely has done that on numerous fronts I was lucky enough to have to have met Andy through his association at the UQ Rugby Club so um, you know me personally uh, would be very very honoured to win uh, this weekend and and receive the Andy Purcell uh, trophy That's great now it must be an interesting perspective you, you, you've talked about you and Mino and your involvement and obviously you'll both be out to win this weekend Queensland Country having their first win last weekend and a, an impressive one at Wells or last Thursday but, but it's, it must be fascinating to sit back and watch this game. I mean, you as a forwards coach, 
uh, must be thrilled as how well the likes of Greg Holmes and and uh, the whole front row of the pack of Queensland Country are performing. They've, they've got a dynamite scrum, and and Home in particular sort of led them strongly last week. And the battle between Bo and Ed Gilly will be great to watch. And and Mino himself, you know, will be loving the matchup between Karevi and Fainga, and, and you know JJ Tulangi at the back. It's it's a really fascinating perspective on the game for you guys. Yeah, it is. It's uh, and it's, it's great to see that our squad challenge like that. You know, um, you know, playing against your mates uh, provides a very different uh, perspective on the game. Uh, and for me, uh, seeing Greg Holmes, you mentioned Holmes. He uh, he played really well this year for the Reds. Um, you know, I played with him when he was coming through as a young bloke. So you're going back a few years yeah. now, and and I was really looking forward to uh, coming back and coaching. Homer and just to see his consistency this year for the Reds, I think he, you know, finished in the top three or four of the uh, of the players' player for the season. Looking ahead, mate, any key players back? Is Quaid back in contention anytime soon for you guys? Yeah, definitely. Uh, he uh, looks like he'll be available for selection this weekend for the Brisbane City squad. We're you know in a good position at this weekend. We're thinking we will have uh, the whole squad bar. Paul Genier and, and Hanson, her wife Wallaby, is uh, available for selection. So, you know, getting to the halfway point of the season and having uh, depth like we do uh, within the squad and having selection issues is, is a fantastic position to be in. That's fantastic. Well, that's very exciting. Even more reason to get down to Ballymore. Um, what about Carmichael Hunt? Any talk about him featuring in the NRC within Ballymore there? Yeah, I'm not sure with uh, with him to be honest. Uh, you know, to make that transition straight back into playing rugby, I presume would be difficult uh, in terms of you know he had the year with the the Suns this year where you know physically they do things very differently to rugby. You know, uh, once again I played with Dell in his first game when he transitioned across from to from league to union at Ballymore but you know at least he'd been playing that that, that league mm. game where, you know it's the tackling it's the, the hit ups it's the, the up and backs that he was going through with league uh, and so I think that's probably an easy transition to go from one week playing league to next week playing union than what it would be going from AFL to, to rugby so I'm not sure on what uh, Carmichael's, uh, what the plans are with him over the back end of this uh, NRC. All right, well, let's talk about one of your other, move on back to your, your Reds hat at the moment, and one of the other key signings for next year, the Tongan Thor, mate. It's, it's the guy that's had everyone talking. What What's your knowledge of him, and how involved have you been in the process, and, and what can we expect uh, from him in the... No, 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 I'm probably uh, same position as uh, most <laughs> people. See, seen his YouTube clips... Uh, seeing the dynamic uh, play that he brings in the open. But for me, as a, as a front row coach, uh, oh, I'm licking my lips at getting your hands on him to see how he's scrummaging, how he scrums. Uh, obviously, at 18 years of age, he's going to be very raw in that area. And to think that you know he'd be playing super rugby in 12 months' time, he'd be very naive. Uh, you know, the Reds, uh, I believe, is... You know, we're looking at him as a as a long term prospect, sure. and part of that is making sure that he's uh, when he does play, you're putting him in a position to succeed. You know, you see, you've seen a few times where young cops have been wheeled out early, and, and they don't last too long. Um, good example from you know I went through as well at Ollie Hoskins at the Force. Uh, he came in at 18 years of age and and did you know he did two or three pre-seasons with us and you know he's got through the full season this year with Super Rugby so I think there's you know there's examples like him that you put the work in them and when they get out there and whenever they play they're going to be in a position to succeed. Yeah, great. Well, let's just touch on the 2014 Red season with you, mate. How do you view it yourself? I mean, there's obviously disappointment as a team you didn't get where you wanted to, but is there any positive? I mean, the forward play is probably one of the, the positives. I mean, um, that it became a bit of a weapon in attack. You know, we scored a number of tries close to the line, which is, I guess, that clinical nature you want. There were some standout performances there, and, we, and you talk about from the, the uh, Stan Pilecki medal, James Slipper won, and Greg Holmes was up there, and Rob Simmons had a good season, all this sort of stuff, Bo Robinson. How do you look back on your season with the Reds? Yeah, uh, you know, disappointment to start with. Um, 
you know, we we expect uh, to win more games than what we did this year. The organisation is all about success and, you know, we didn't get that in terms of results this year. Um, in saying that, I felt we had some successes along the way in some, you know, areas that you mentioned, you know, or having coached against the Reds, you sort of always went into the game wanting to, you know, target a couple of areas like the scrum, uh, for example. And, you know, for me this year, we scored... Uh, two pushover tries and one mm. were against the Brumbies and it was it was their ball into the scrum. So I think, you know, we've been able to to really make some improvements in our set piece uh, and turn what was, you know, perceived as a weakness in the scrum now into something I really feel is a strength for us going forward. Um, also, line-out, you know, the, the attacking line-out have been good with Simo and Hall. You know, you've always you've got some very good... Uh, you know, students of, of set piece at line out time, but probably in the area I felt that uh, they hadn't done a lot of work on in the past as a defensive line out. And statistically, uh, we went from basically being the worst defensive line out in the comp to the best. So, you know, there were a lot of lot of little little wins we had at set piece time uh, throughout the year. That I think uh, moving forward with the addition of James O'Connor, Carmichael Hunt. You know, you're seeing the form of uh, Samu Karevi that now if we can keep that consistency and improve on it at peacetime, we're going to provide very good ball for for a very exciting back line to, uh, to show their wares. Yeah, sensational. Mate, look, uh, I want a couple more questions for you. I want to look at the Wallabies. Just your insight on where they stand and how you reckon they'll fare up this weekend versus South Africa. We obviously haven't, obviously haven't won there for quite some time. Do you think we're a chance? Um, definitely, definitely a chance. I think uh, they've actually got a bit of belief in in them now in terms of winning those tight games. Um, you know, sometimes they're the hardest games to win is those close battles. Uh, and you know going over South Africa, you know, playing in Cape Town or anywhere for a matter in South Africa, it's a difficult task. Uh, I think, um, you know, there's been improvements in the scrum. Uh, James Slipper was just outstanding in that uh, first 40, mm. 50 minutes he played against Argentina and, and I'm sure he'll be fired up for another big game in South Africa. So I think there'll be a lot more parity at scrum time and, and when you get those, uh, you know, the outside backs really firing, I think, um, you know, their, their ability to score tries will be good. So it actually gives a chance. It won't be easy. <laughs> and that's probably, you know, an understatement. But uh, I think they'll go over there with uh, some real medal uh, in their bellies and, and look forward to it. Good stuff, mate. Look, we've got one final question. I threw it out open to Twitter for people to ask you questions, and we've had a question from um, uh, Akinzen88 to ask you about your new coffee mug. My new coffee mug? <laughs> He's very jealous about that. Um, it's actually from uh, Suits, a TV show uh, Suits, and uh, uh, um, it's, a, it's a You Got Lit Up mug that Ben Daly actually bought for me. I of uh, you know, I like a bit of a, a joke and and keeping things uh, a bit humorful, humorous uh, throughout the year. And I had a go with Ben Daly uh, uh, throughout the year that he, he reckoned he looked like Harvey Specter because of his law background and what now, <laughs> what not. But I reckon he was more of a Louis late uh, lookalike. So uh, he bought me a mug, and, and Echo's uh, very jealous that I've got it. Oh, good stuff. Look, Stylesy, thanks a lot for your time. Uh, really appreciate it. Well, best of luck to you uh, this Sunday. I've been uh, splitting my allegiances all season, but I'm very much in the Brisbane camp this weekend. So. Uh, be fantastic all our fans out there Queensland Rugby Supporters Club Rugby Supporters get out there to Ballymore Sunday afternoon it's old school stuff the Andy Purcell Trophy City versus Country great matchups across the park and by the sounds of it extra special reason to get there to chance to maybe see Quaid uh, jog out for uh, Brisbane City but Stalsy thanks for your time mate and best luck with the rest of the season Thank you very much, Roger. I'd be disappointed if you weren't cheering for us, considering uh, we packed down the front row together for the mighty uh, first 15 at Terrace, mate. So you got to you got to stick by your teammates. We do one for one, all for one, mate. All right, buddy. We'll speak to you soon. Thank you very much. Right there, right there. All right, and we're back. A big thank you to Nick Styles uh, from Brisbane City and obviously the Queensland Reds for giving some bit of insight there on, on NRC and a bit of a scoop on Quade Cooper. Uh, back to the rugby field this weekend. Now, 
we are back to uh, back to amateur level discussion now. With all due respect to our guests, we've got Cyclopath, Dave, and Braveheart. Will, how are you, gents? Very well, thank you. Well, thanks, Reg. Don't take offence by me calling you amateur pundits. <laughs> You're just confirming that we're not getting paid, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> well, one of these days we're going to reap in that green and gold podcast, you know, moolah. One of these days. <laughs> um, look, guys, we're going to uh, just go through some... You know, obviously, there hasn't been any test rugby to speak of, and it's coming up this weekend, but we're just going to run through some of the news that's come out from, from rugby this week. And we'll start with the NRC, of course. It uh, was another you know, high-quality week of National Rugby Championships um, on, what was this, round five. Uh, kicked off on Thursday night, Queensland Country defeated Greater City Rams. First win of the season for Queensland Country. Uh, this was the TV game, guys. Do you get a chance to see this one? I saw yeah. a bit, I saw a bit of it. Um, Take us through it, Dave. What do you think? But well, I did, yeah. I mean, I saw bits because I was sort of I was one eye on that and one eye on doing something else. But um, I did actually see a few bits of it. I mean, there were some there were some good points, some good um, highlights in there. Um, uh, JJ Taolungi's try was a bit of a Wasn't bit of a, a cracker, a ripper of a step. I'm sure. I'm surprised that's not getting more. Um, Proclaim and, and no, look, JJ cups a bit of flack from various people, but I thought that was a, a beautiful piece of play from from JJ. It was a really nice. Play. I mean, it was actually a nice build up to yeah. it too. Just the, the the hands were good, and then that 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 little it was it was a, uh, an in and away with um, you know with uh, cream and a cherry on top. That one uh, it was very very nice. Um, yeah, that was good. Um, you know, I thought that was um, the bits of the game I saw. Was a it was a pretty enjoyable spectacle to watch. I love uh, the other highlight from that try, and I, I tweeted this. But if you see the highlight, Bo Robinson's caught out wide, and he tries to do this flat pass. But one of the, the replacement back grower, Jack De Gwinden from the University of Queensland, is just probably a little bit flat, and it, it impacts Bo's throw, and it, it's a it's a poor pass. It'll you know somewhat along the ground, or at least on the bounce, and you just hear Bo just let rip. Fucking Jack! Um, <laughs> only for the you know the the country team to pick it up and and JJ still score and then next you see see Jack running and celebrate the try with JJ and Bo straight back on top of him you know obviously uh, trying to seek forgiveness rather than anything else but it was uh, another good moment. <laughs> yeah, that was a it was a it was a good a brilliant try. Yeah. The, the thing about this game too is is and we chatted briefly with Stalzy about it is that it wasn't the um, you know, mass expansive game that maybe early in the season there was. It wasn't a lot of tries. It was more physical, and and indeed the Queensland Country game was built very much on their superiority 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 of their pack, uh, particularly in the scrum. Greg Holmes was phenomenal at tight head, uh, caused all sorts of damage, but also their young uh, loosehead prop Hayden Hughes-Mackey, uh, I thought had a fantastic game as well. So just interesting to see that that different style of game. It wasn't. Lucy Goosey, as many people have sort of described NRC as. Well, I, I think yeah, it was a good point actually because there was that sequence of, um, of of scrums where you know there were cards and they were really under a lot of pressure. And, and in fact, if you look at um, oh, you look at the Melbourne Rising. I mean, they're obviously going fantastically well in the comp, but they've um, they've had a really strong, solid set piece, um, and that that sort of gets glossed over it. A bit sometimes when when these games are looked at, especially the high scoring ones. And I think you're right. There are, there are certainly bits in the NRC which are not just the sort of, for want of a better term, basketball rugby that we sometimes get heard thrown around. So it's uh, it's good to see. Yeah, I agree. Will, what about you, mate? Any perceptions on this one? Yeah, well, again, I thought Talangi was pretty pretty exciting, and that that footwork off. Basically, off a standing start was just exceptional. So uh, you can certainly see why uh, he's been selected for higher honours. But um, yeah, clearly that next because he just dominates at this sort of level and, and at Premier Rugby, and he's just got to make that transition at Super Rugby. I guess a, a few less brain brain farts and a bit better tackling. Yeah, and, and there's hope for that. And I, I've been one of his critics, so to speak. But you can't teach the type of stuff he does in attack. Um, but you'd hope we can teach defence. So let's let's stick with them, and hopefully we'll we'll see more of that sort of class next year for the Reds and, and beyond. Um, the rest of the games, the the North Harbour Rays. I'm not going to go into these expansive sponsor names. Uh, they, they get a bit of a tongue twist at the end. But North Harbour Rays uh, defeated Perth Spirit 32-29 in a, a cracker of a tight match. And Sam Ward, the number eight, 
uh, for the race, scoring three tries, one off a uh, down the blind, nice little run down the blind from a, a, a demolished scrum. Um, but that was a, a nice tight game. Another tight game, the first draw of the season with the Vikings 37 and the Sydney Stars 37. So Stars, their first non-loss of the season. Um, and, and drawing, not a bad effort, the drawing 37 all with the Vikings, who are, I think, sitting on fourth place at the moment. Um, and then the Melbourne Rising just continue keeping on with a, a 37 to 16 smashing of New South Wales countries. Interesting round, guys. Obviously, the trend is the, the Rising are far beyond everyone else. I think they're uh, five points, sorry, five, ten points five games, 25 points, so 10 points clear. Uh, yeah. they, uh, are they beatable, do you reckon, Will? I don't really think so. Like, obviously, get, we'll get down to a grand final day, and there'll be two sides in it. But uh, so anything can happen. But um, certainly, it's going to take a, a bit of a change in form for the Rising to lose. Like they, they're clearly head and shoulders better than the rest at the moment. So, Dave, have you got to see much of the Rising play at all? I have seen a few. I've seen a bit of their game. I've, I've seen some highlights, but I've seen some of the games that have been televised with them as well. I mean, they've, as I said, just. They're a good, solid team. I mean, their, their, their set piece has been consistently good. They've got some good attacking threats. Um, and, um, yeah, I, it's hard to see them getting beaten on form, obviously. Um, but, you know, to, to throw some cliches in, as, as Will said, there's two teams in the grand final. It's a game of two halves and so on and so forth. You know, they could have their one dud game of the season, which will be in the grand final. Who knows? Yeah. It'd be a shame for them, but, you know, it would, you, 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 you could say it won't happen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what I love about this rising team, I mean, they do have a number of super rugby players and, and some very good ones, and Luke Jones and Sean McMahon and the likes, but they are, they've got a lot of these young guys, and this is the, what the competition's for, that... The, the form of someone like Lepetti Tamani, who still, you know, is in and out of the game a bit, but he's dominating in attack and mm. hitting hard in defence and scoring mm. tries. And it's great to see Caden Neville back in the type of form that saw him a, a serious Wallaby contender a, a couple of years ago. And they do have these young players coming through that we haven't necessarily heard of. It's, uh, it's, 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 and, and you know, that's the, it's happening across the, uh, across the competition. The Sam Windsors and all these sorts of guys. It's, it is doing what it's meant to do. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we'll. We'll get quite a few Super Rugby players, sort of, who are new to Super Rugby next year, and and even more the year after. But uh, and particularly, like people have complained about the rising having a lot of Super Rugby players, but most of the guys who are excelling for them are the, really the the players who haven't really had a crack this year in Super Rugby. They're sort of outside the match day twenty three generally, or uh, the guys on the bench who who don't get a lot of time. So so it's certainly one of the major aims of the competition. Yeah, and look, it's working too. You talk about Super Rugby players next year. I think the the University of Canberra Vikings have already signed, a, or sorry, the Cam- the Brumbies have signed a couple of Vikings players already. Yeah, to their two Super players, Rugby I squad, think. So, yeah. um, and the prop Macon and, uh, and a winger. Yeah. Um, so look, it, it, it's again, it's doing its job, which is great to see. So you know, we move on to this weekend, and as we say, the Rising are sitting pretty up the top there. New South Wales country is still in second spot. Spot. I think they've lost their last two games, but they're sitting at mm. the top on 15 points. Oh, sorry, second place in 15 points. Brisbane City right behind them in 12, and we just heard from Stilesy that Quade Cooper's back this weekend. Well, he's available for selection. They've got their full squad available, except for the Wallabies guys over there in South Africa. So they're, they're, you know, that, that'll be an interesting opportunity for those guys. They're one that could definitely put the heat on the rising, despite the 70-point thrashing they had a couple of weeks ago. Um, and the Vikings are holding on to that fourth spot uh, on 11 points. So games this weekend, the Thursday night game, the TV game, is uh, Melbourne Rising versus the Vikings, uh, which will be, that's down in Melbourne. So, um, you know, we're talking one versus four. They're a massive challenge for the Vikings. They've definitely got the ability. They've got a decent pack there. Um, they've lost a few players through injury, and they you know, would probably would have preferred to have Lili Afano in the team rather than over in South Africa. So that'll be a big challenge for the Rising. The Rising have had a fairly consistent team. They're starting to lose a few players through injury, but um, you'd have to think the Rising will start favourites for that one. Um, then on Sunday, you know, some great games. Sunday afternoon, it's Brisbane City versus Queensland Country at Ballymore, um, which will be you know, great old-school Ballymore games Sunday afternoon in the sun. A hate fest. Is that going to be a hate fest? <laughs> it will be. I wanna, I'm fascinated by how this turns out, and this is where I think Bo just needs to come out and clock someone in the first minute of the game. And That's just right. Set, we need an early stink. Set the agenda. Yep. Um, Artie beats and stuff. <laughs> um, so that's Sunday afternoon at Ballymore. 
Perth Spirit are taking on uh, the Sydney Stars on Sunday afternoon as well um, at HBF Arena. Any ideas, guys? It's not an inside game, I'm sure. HBF <laughs> Arena. Yeah, I'm not sure about that one. And and then finally at Brookvale Oval, we've got North Harbour Rays taking on the Greater Sydney Rays, uh, Greater Sydney Rams. So another local derby there with uh, a couple of Sydney-based teams there. So another great round of footy, and the NRC just keeps on keeping on, hey? Yeah, excellent. I think, I think so far they've got to they've got to say it's you know it's being a success. Obviously, the getting the crowds in will be the next step, and maybe getting a bit more of it on television next year. But you know, so far they've got to. You've got to say it's been a success, so, you know. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see those stats, and I'm sure they'll trickle through in terms of we'll get a greater idea of ratings and what the broadcasters think of it, and hopefully, you're right, we'll see more and more of it. I think more and more games are being streamed, so we just need to keep the chatter going and, and keep people talking about it. So uh, if you're listening and you're at close to one of these venues this weekend, let's get down there and support support the rugby. Uh at the other end of the, uh, the uh, I guess, ladder is the Wallabies. Wallabies take on South Africa. We had the weekend off last week. They've obviously travelled over there. They're acclimatising. Uh, no team named as yet, but Saturday night, I think it's about midnight our time or thereabouts, um, our next challenge, South Africa, where, who can tell me, how long has it been since we've won, since we've won over there? Hmm. Bloody ages. One in South Africa, I think, uh, 2011. But yeah, uh, it's been a long time since we won at Newlands. In Newlands, exactly. <laughs> Is it 92? Was it even that first game uh, back? Anyway, I think it, it might be. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, when we that was a bit of a thrashing, 28 something, 28 yeah. three or something. Yeah, it? yeah. Paul Carrozza two tries. Um, anyway, Dave, what do you reckon, mate? You, without seeing the teams, we don't know where we're going. Chances? Oh, look. I, yeah, I think we're definitely a chance. I mean, I, I hate to sound repetitive but it's really they've got a they've got to match them up front they've just got to match them up in you know set piece i think we're a good chance in the in the scrum the line out's obviously going to be tricky because you know i think they've just got a great line out and you know we're we are up against it a bit fielding our 57th string hooker um and uh all the other ills that people have talked about uh but I think if we can match them up front, particularly at the breakdown work and, and, and in the scrum, then it'll give us a really good chance. Um, but, uh, you know, it's going to be really tough. I think it's going to be... I think the, the Saffirs are going to be pretty fired up because uh, they went close in New Zealand but didn't get it. Um, I think they're probably going to feel they've got a bit to prove. Um, so I think it's going to be... Uh, they're, they're going to bounce back and, and you know, History's against us, unfortunately. Will, what do you reckon, mate? Yeah, I think, uh, like Dave, I think we've, we're certainly in with a chance, but we've got to have a fast start, I think. Um, hopefully get an early try and just not let, let them get ahead. I the feeling those some of those games that have got away from us in recent years, you give away a couple of penalty goals early and South Africa get a try and all of a sudden you're sort of that outside 10 points uh, behind and it's very difficult to get back in the game over there, but um, I think South Africa have some injury worries of their own, particularly in the back row, which could uh, mm. sort of, I guess, tip things in our favour a little bit. I think uh, Francois Lowe's out yeah. and had surgery today, and uh, Willem Alberts is also out of this test, so um, it could be Schalkberger coming in, and uh, hopefully we'll get a bit of an advantage there. Like I'd imagine we'll go with the same trio of McCalman, uh, Hooper, and uh, Fardy, so yeah. I think they hopefully we'll have some str- have strong games. Yeah, it's interesting. It's just it's one of those performances where we really what we're going to need to win is is every now and again we see it and it, we see it too few and too far between uh, of recent years is just that good clinical performance where they just start from the gate, balls go to hand, you know the the lines are run well, the defence is strong. It's just got to start like that, you know. It, come to play, not like that Auckland fiasco of a few weeks ago where you know we had it all ahead of us, we knew what we were up against but they came out and looked terrible this has got to be ready to play from the kickoff. it's old school cliche stuff but it's just so clearly what we need to take this game onto the to, onto the box Well I want to see them just uh, that speed of play that we've had yeah. um, in the last couple of games um, well, they've, especially in the last game where they started it was just really crisp, unfortunately it, it, it didn't last as long as we would have liked. But, you know, they came out quickly. They were playing. It was a fast recycle game, moving the ball quickly, um, testing them out, 
getting it, you know, getting it from side to side of the field and, and, and doing, doing it quickly to test out the defence. And, and it paid dividends, but then they seem to lose their way. So I think, like Will said, it's got to, we've got to get, get something happening early um, and not let them get that little bit of a run on because, you know, I think they're a real, the, the box are really a confidence team. They get 10, 15 points up on you and um, that could be all they need. Yeah, okay, so um, let's move on to the other game. The, the Kiwis, the All Blacks, are taking on the Pumas, and I guess the big news there is uh, they'll be doing so without Aaron Crude, and is this veil of professionalism and expertise that the, the All Blacks sprout, this fantastic culture of theirs, is it failing, or is this just another example of how well it works? Will, what do you reckon? It's certainly a big call, like a... And there's certainly the, the sort of, I guess, the comment surrounding it is, is potentially that Cruden could have really cost himself a, a lot here if, if Barrett has two good tests overseas and then Dan Carter's coming back into the picture. Could Cruden all of a sudden fall down from uh, first in the in the order to third? And it's obviously a World Cup a year away. But um, look, I think the, uh, the All Blacks tend to be sort of fairly harsh on discipline and it's probably one of the reasons they've probably haven't had the problems some other sides have had in, in recent years, but uh, certainly a, a harsh lesson for Cruden. <laughs> what do you reckon, Dave, mate? Oh, well, I think there's there's two sides of it for me. I think the the, um, the New Zealand Rugby Union public relations side of it is, you know, we have a team culture, we stamp down on this sort of thing, we don't tolerate it, doesn't matter who the player is, out they go. It'd be interesting to see what happened if if um, Bowden Barrett wasn't available. Mm. Um, Stephen Donald, what he's up? What is he up to? Well, white baiting, I'd say. But um, <laughs> whether they can get him off the net in a hurry is another thing. Um, yeah, I, the cynic in me sort of wonders whether they'd really take such a pious stance if um, if anything was on the line and um, they really needed Cruden to be there. But look, kudos to them. He broke their protocol, and um, they've punished him for it. So I think that's fair enough. All right. Well, that's uh, that's uh, another interesting matchup this week. We'll see if the All Blacks can maintain their unbeaten streak in rugby championship, or whether the Bumis can cause a massive upset, massive upset, and cause and win their first ever rugby championship victory. Uh, one of the other developments this week, guys, uh, was the release, or recently was the release of the Super Rugby draw for next season. Um, which has some interesting points to note. It kicks off in middle of February, which is obviously a Rugby World Cup season next year, so there's no mid-year break. Uh, it goes all the way through with the last round being sort of middle of June and the Super Rugby Grand Final being on the 4th of July. Uh, have you guys had a chance to look at one of the interesting aspects that I love about it? It's obviously part of the centenary celebrations for for uh, the Anzacs and the Anzac weekend, which, is, which will be round 11. There'll be... Um, all the Australian and New Zealand teams are effectively playing each other. The Chiefs are playing the Force on the Friday night. The Brumbies are playing the Highlanders uh, later that same night. Crusaders are Blues as a local derby. Waratahs and Rebels as a local derby. And then on Anzac Day itself, the Reds versus Hurricanes, an afternoon game at Suncourt Stadium. What a fantastic weekend. I'm sure that'll be a really special occasion for all involved. But uh, have you guys had a look in how the Waratahs faring up for, their, for the draw next year? Happy with what you've got? Yeah, definitely. It's... Uh... I think the Waratahs have a, a sort of tough run to finish the season, just in terms of where our buyers sit. I think we've got buyers in about round three and ten or something, so they've got eight, eight games straight to sort of close out the season. Um, but uh, probably we we miss playing the uh, Chiefs and the Sharks, I think. So it's uh, actually it might be the Bulls. Uh, so it's a probably a pretty good uh, in terms of those matchups and we play um, the Lions and Cheetahs in South Africa so that's that's a pretty good draw if uh, if you had any of any South African teams to choose to play away that's probably who you'd pick at the moment yeah, so absolutely. Um, you make a good point about that that stretch I mean your your buys you're right your one buys round 3 and the other's round 8 round 8 yeah and with no sort of mid-season break you've got to go from round, round 9 to um, you know, round 18 plus the finals all in a row. So that's a that's a huge ask um, of your team. So uh, fascinating. Yeah, certainly the hope they uh, look out. <laughs> use plenty of uh, plenty of depth in the squad and um, try not to burn the players out early because it's uh, clearly a long run in and 
obviously, uh, after 2014, you'd hope the Waratahs would be hoping that their uh, their season continues right to the end. So um, have to sort of make sure they've got all their key players sort of fit and not uh, overdone. But it's interesting, isn't it, mate? And we, we've had this chat on the forum about uh, the impact with the Rugby World Cup. And in fact, today marks the one year to go until Australia's first game. We play Fiji exactly one year uh, away today. We've got a really hard draw with Wales and England, and I think it's actually Wales at Cardiff and England at Twickenham. So it's a significantly hard draw, and we're, we're chatting that um, you know it means you're not going to get much chance to rest your players. Even Fiji is going to be a, a challenge for us. You never know which Fiji is going to turn up at a World Cup. So you talk about that long, prolonged Super Rugby season where yeah, there's not much break straight into a, a rugby championship, which will be you know refined somewhat. But then this very intense Rugby World Cup, we're going to Everyone's going to be crossing every part of their body to make sure mm-hmm. all our key players are, are injury-free and fit. I wonder how much say Ewan might have during the Super Rugby season, which is always a topic of debate in terms of resting players and, and rotating players. Dave, what do you reckon about that? Well, it's, a, it's especially controversial in World Cup years, isn't it, Reg? Yeah, exactly. um, but, yes. Uh, look, I think putting the World Cup aside, it's always, this competition's always going to be a challenge in terms of squads. Uh, it doesn't, I mean, having the World Cup at the end of it is going to make an added bit of spice. Um, but, you know, the, looking at the comp on its own, it's always going to be a huge challenge with the squads. Um, so, I don't think that changes. Um, we've had some tests this year from the point of view of depth, obviously, in the pack, um, which, Probably has been a good thing in terms of our hookers getting a bit more of an airing. So that's been that's been a positive. But yeah, you don't want to. We, there are a couple of positions where we don't want to be um, plumbing the depths too much. Um, just looking at the ta- looking at the, the you know the Waratahs draw. The interesting thing is there's no Friday night home games for the Waratahs, and we've got a couple of Sundays. And I think maybe there's a few people disappointed we didn't get a third Sunday afternoon game because they. They really were good fixtures. Um, I, I guess the television rights have a bit to say about that, but they're, they're great fixtures from a, from a fan's point of view. Um, and interesting also that um, when the Waratahs play the Reds and the Brumbies, it's at Moore Park or at Allianz rather than out at ANZ. Oh, is that right? I didn't pick that up. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, so so yeah, are there yeah. any games out at ANZ? Yeah, yeah, we're yeah, playing too. the Crusaders and the Rebels. Oh, the, Rebels the Rebels game oh. is on is the, the ANZ. ANZ Day 1. Oh, yep. yeah. All right, great. Oh, good for them for mixing it up. I guess that yeah. that'll just add some extra spice to those, um, you know, the SFS games. That'll be a great well, I think, atmosphere. Yeah, hopefully. Reds, 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 and Brumbies games at, at uh, SFS um, could be really, really, really good games in terms of crowd and yeah. crowd involvement. I think I think you, they, they could they could be really key. Oh, ripper, excellent. Well, you know, we're already looking at next season, and we're still uh, got plenty to go in in 2014. A uh, couple of other things, news, we're almost done, guys, but uh, it was announced today that Rob Clark, who's the, the current, I guess, uh, Melbourne Rebels CEO or former Re- Melbourne Re- Rebels CEO, has been appointed to the ARU. Now, listen to this. His, his title is General Manager of Professional Rugby Marketing and Operations, but he will oversee Super Rugby, Australia's Rugby Involvement in Sansa, Build Corp National Rugby Championship, Ticketing and Membership, Rugby Operations and Events, which is Tests and Sevens, and Marketing. Geez, do you reckon there might be uh, a few cuts recently? He's, he's, they just sort of lumbered everything in with with Clark. It's a massive role. Absolutely. It uh, sounds like it'd be busy. Um. All, all sorts of challenges. I mean, you talk about, you know, obviously Sansa and broadcast rights are coming up into a particular um, intricate stage. Uh, ticketing and membership is, is uh, you know, a massive revenue opportunity for the Wallabies, which I've really challenged with, particularly with Sevens. Um, the NRC is at a critical stage. Do we? How do we grow? How do we promote? Uh, so uh, great, I guess, a great um, a sign from uh, the establishment or the growth of the Rebels that Clark's been picked up there, and I think uh, the local Melbourne uh, Victorian Rugby Union guys moved over to the Rebels now, but gee, uh, Rob Clark, you've got a massive job ahead of you, we wish you all the very best with it. Well, they could recoup some money, they could rent his office out, because it doesn't sound like he's going to spend much time in it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think there's probably a few spare offices there at the ARU, they could probably lease out as well. <laughs> yeah, they could set up, they could, uh, no, no, I won't say it. <laughs> Bad joke. Um, and then finally, we had the Australian schoolboys rugby union team leaving today for New Zealand. So they've got a three-test tour over there 
um, where they take on New Zealand schools, New Zealand barbarians, and Fiji schools. Uh, but it's um, uh, you know another great. It's a, one of the great traditions of Australian rugby is this Australian schoolboys team, and obviously we've uh, produced many a quality player there. It'll be captained by a Queenslander, so we're happy. Harley Fox, who's a number eight, who's from uh, Churchy up here. Churchy just won the premiership undefeated, had some great players. Um, I went out and watched them play on the weekend against my alma mater, Gregory Terrace, and we got smashed. Um, but uh, Churchy had two guys in particular. Look, Harley, Harley Fox at number eight was fantastic. Big punt on a big massive lad he's got a great kick he used to take the kickoffs and boot the ball 50 meters downfield but Churchy the team if you've seen it on YouTube they've got this Dylan uh, sorry Kalen Ponga who's a 16 year old from uh, uh, Churchy who's been signed by the North Queensland Cowboys next year so he'll head up north and finish his schooling up there and will play for the Cowboys he is a, a super player all you have to do is search for him on YouTube but they also had this uh, young guy um, at fly half who I thought was even better uh, by the name of, let me check, Mac Mason, who was superb on, on Saturday, and unfortunately he's off to the Melbourne Storm. So let's hope that uh, we see them back in rugby uh, at some stage a couple of years ago. I often have some sort of uh, weights training and defensive training, but come back to rugby and, and enjoy your time over here. But uh, that Australian schoolboys, uh, uh, I guess, development pathway continues. Is some direct to rugby, some via the other code. Hmm. So it's their first game next Tuesday, I think. I think uh, the so. The 30th. Yeah, and, and yeah, that's correct. Australian schools versus New Zealand barbarians. And the good news is it will be broadcast on Fox. Fox Sports uh, will Excellent. be broadcasting September the 30th at 11am on Fox Sports 1 HD and 1. And then the big test versus New Zealand schools, which will be on the 4th of October uh, at 12.40pm on Fox Sports 3 uh, HD. As well. Excellent. Well, they're usually cracking games, so that'll be that'll be great to be able to watch them on um, on uh, on Fox. That's fantastic. Yeah, brilliant stuff. All right, lads. Anything else from your end? What about the Tongan the Tongan Thor? Yeah, mate. Well, listen to the start of the podcast. I had a good chat to Stalsy about him. We're very excited by the Tongan Thor. Okay. Don't expect too much too soon, mate. But um, it's interesting. If you jump on the Reds website, they have updated their squad of signing so far and he doesn't feature in the official 28 nor the EPS so he's not part of the official full-time contracted squad he's there as a development player um, yep. that may be upgraded for 2016 you know into a, a whether the EPS or whatever but he's definitely there as a, a development player for next year so well we can hope that Gregor Paul listens to the podcast and actually gets that because he was gone he, he teed off and went a bit nuts on uh, online this week um, going on about the fact that he's coming to Australia and he's going to get ruined in Super Rugby by things <laughs> thrown in too early. Yeah, right. Well, look, um, <laughs> yeah. never let a fax get in the way of a good rant. Exactly, right? exactly. All right, lads, well, let's leave Just, it there. Uh, sorry, Will. Sorry, one little stat I liked um, on the current uh, Wallabies tour. Michael Hooper's the youngest player in the team, so... Uh, he has to look after Wally, the mascot, at all times, which is, a, I think, a fairly uh, unique position for the captain to also be that youngest, youngest player. So it would be interesting. So that's brilliant. That no one's going to muck around with the captain, you'd think. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Will, Dave, thanks for your time tonight. You uh, enjoy your weekend of rugby. Back into it. You're getting up early to watch the Wallabies, or do you record and watch it the day after? Oh, I'll, have to look at, I'll have to look at the time and see. I think I'll, either, I'll probably sit up. You'll, you'll I'll still be watching that one. Uh, you'll be getting home it's... around that time, Dave, won't you, mate? <laughs> be celebrating a Swans victory. Uh, I'm on call. I'm on call all week, Reg, so I'm not. I won't be going anywhere, mate. Yeah, right. Sorry, Will. You're right. You've been celebrating the Swans. I forgot we're Brisbane up here, mate. We've got we lost interest some years ago in AFL. So. <laughs> About 2003, wasn't yeah, it? I think so. I think so. All right, guys, let's leave it there. Go the Wallabies. Uh, get out there and enjoy your NRC, and uh, we shall catch up with everyone next week. Cheers, Cheers Reg. Reg. Yeah, right there, right there.